Sometimes you just have to fight. A good marriage, uh, you know, every marriage is going to have battles. You're going to have disagreements. Um, and, and a lot of times we try to avoid all those things. But in reality, sometimes fights are good because mm-hmm. fights reveal that there's there's a tension of wills. There's good versus evil. Um, today on Life Talks, we're going to be talking about fights that need to be had. I'm yeah. Ben. We're here with Dan. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship here in, in uh, Cornelius, North Carolina. And Dan, this was another idea that you had that I think is is really important because the reality is um, there's too much passivity in yeah. families today. Yeah. Now, this will be an interesting conversation because on the Enneagram, you're, you're, I'm a nine, you're a nine, you're I'm a peacemaker. A, I'm a peacemaker. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm the three, uh, achiever, achiever. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm also the, you know, I'm the 40 pound rat that's walking down an alley going here, kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm, I'm just looking for something to, to, to combat. Right. I remember, <laughs> I remember when, when Facebook first came out. Okay. <laughs> I went nuts. Dan, I? <laughs> it was like, it was like, it, it was like a kid in a candy store and Dan would throw out just these thought bombs and just watch <laughs> the bedlam watch the bedlam watch the people scurry around how dare you and i could tell like because i knew you you're laughing oh hysterically but yeah. but you you love to stir the pot i do I, I'm, as i've aged i've tried not to, I, I still love to do it i just try not to do it as much but it is obnoxious but, but it's, it's one of those things where you kind of get to know who people are mm-hmm when you're fighting with them. Yeah. And you look for their triggers. You know, <laughs> there's certain things that just set people off. And I'm going to find you. No, what I want, when I, the, the reason I wanted to talk about this today is I think there are some things that you say, you know what, this is going to be a battle at my house. Yeah. But it is a battle worth fighting. It is worth fighting. And, yeah. and, and, and this is important because as parents, um, you know, full disclosure, uh, my wife and I just watched my two nieces and nephew, ages uh, eight, five, and three, or eight, six, and three. I can't remember what it is exactly, but um, and we had a wonderful time. We had it for four days, um, but it brought back a lot of memories of experiences mm-hmm. of with our own kids, and 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 I was I was reminded of how physically exhausting it is mm-hmm. to watch kids that age because they're just constant in need, and mm-hmm. and you're constantly navigating, you know, fighting and all all kinds, of, and and they're wonderful kids. We had a great time, but. I do, re- I do recall entering, the, you know, you remember back when you're like, man, there are times when I was like, I am too tired. <laughs> I'm too exhausted to deal with this to now. Deal with this now. <laughs> and, and you can do that a couple times, but that should not be the pattern. Yeah. And I think that's what you're saying is it's okay to have a bad day, but don't have a bad year because then again, you're going to wake up one day and be like, oh, <laughs> please, Jesus, help me right now. Yeah. So, Walk us through what are some of these battles that that we need to be intentional and not passive. Yeah, with. and I've got about a dozen. We'll never get to all of them. And some of these, by the way, I've seen in other places. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things is I think you ought to have a fight about mealtime. Not at mealtime, but about <laughs> mealtime. <laughs> Sometimes you will have it at okay. mealtime. I, I believe this. You need to fight to have your kids and your spouse oh, yes. at a table yes. at least Five times a week. We're going to sit together. We're going to sit together. Yeah. We're going to have a family meal. Yeah. I am absolutely shocked and appalled at how infrequent people eat around a dinner table today. And talk. Yeah. I and, mean. Yeah. And that means no phones, no TV, no iPads, no nothing. I mean, Dan, I, first of all, I, I'm not saying we are not the perfect family, but my my kids' friends, they've, they've had all these friends over 
to our house to have meals with us. And they will tell my kids afterwards, we've never done this as a family. Yeah. It's like, it's this revolutionary thing where they absolutely love it. And I, and I can't tell you how many times we have, we've had, I mean, there's five of us in our family where we have like eight, sometimes nine, 10 other people around, not, not 10, 10 total around our table, tiny little table. And it's like, because these kids are like, I don't get this. And they think it's the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. But and it's that not you talk and that you laugh yeah. and you tell stories yeah. and, and but, you fight. And it's not and fight. it's and it's not that it's always been easy. It hasn't always been easy. It's oh. sometimes when when especially when they get older teenagers, they want to live their own schedule. They want to do their own thing. But you are exactly right. Fight for mealtime. Yeah. That is huge. All right. So a second one is um fight the me first fight. Okay. You gotta make your kids go last a lot. <laughs> I'm, 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 Why are you I'm, saying this? Yeah. Because not every time for everything, but I think you know this. This happens, and I've I've voiced my my thoughts about this, and and I understand the rationale for it, but it drives me crazy. And it, all the time it's growing up, the kids always ate first. And we would have a big family meal. All the cousins were all there. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because the moms were like, let's get them going so we can enjoy right, the meal. I get right, that. 100%. But it used to gall me to death that sometimes the last person to eat would be my mom, the matriarch of the family. Yeah. And I got to the point where I refused to put one thing on my plate until mom had been served. Yeah, yeah. Because it's about honor and about respect mm. and about you know, a, a whole lot of other yes. things. When kids have the expectation that they get to go first at everything, that they get to, that, you know, that then they, they start believing that life revolves around them. Yeah. Sometimes they need to learn the joy that should come with taking the smallest piece. <laughs> Sometimes they need to be the one who gives up the remote. Yeah. Or uses the cruddy game state, the, uh, yeah. what do they call it? I don't know, you know, the handheld. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you know, that, so, you know, every once in a while, you got to do your brother's chores because he's not feeling well mm. today. Mm. Uh, or you don't get to pick first uh, uh, on the choice of what we're going to do tonight. Uh, they won't like it, but I think they need it. Yeah. Um, because we live in an overly entitled culture where if we don't get our way, we tend to melt down. Or, or we opt out. I mean, one of the things that we dealt with in our family was when it was movie night, it was like, all right, when the kid gets to choose the movie, the other kids that didn't like, well, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, I'm out. I'm and out. then you're like, okay, we're not playing this game you know, and, and you can, it's difficult when they're older and they have the self, they don't understand the, the, the importance of what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. But you're trying to teach them character to say, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to yield yourself what you want for the sake of others. That's really important. Yep. So good okay, stuff. Here's another one that I really feel very strongly about, and that's the work fight. Okay. And the work fight is this. Everybody has to work. And your kids ought to be working. Absolutely. You should not be serving your kids. Your kids make a mess. They need to be helping with the mess. Um, Kids need to have chores. They need to have chores. When you get done eating, um, you know, kids shouldn't be able to go outside and play. Kids uh, shouldn't be, a dad even, you know, shouldn't be going in watching TV. Uh, We shouldn't, you know, head for the devices until the table is cleared. Hmm. And everybody, depending, you know, it's age, but uh, five-year-olds can unload a dishwasher. 
100%. And they may not be able to put everything up in the upper cabinets, but they can stack it neatly on the counter so yeah. that mom can. Yeah. Um, but why should mom be the slave of the whole family simply because it's domestic? You know, the, it, we all helped. You know, little kids can put the, the ketchup bottle back in the refrigerator. That's right. So there's there's all kinds of things that, that can be done. And as soon as your kids can get a job, let them get a job. Uh, let, let, your let them kids... get a really crappy job. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Make them work at McDonald's. I'm telling you, yeah. you need to let your kid have one crappy job. Absolutely. Because they, they need- They should have to mow grass. They should have they, to work at they McDonald's. They need to have something where it's like, I don't really enjoy this, but you're teaching them work ethic. I, I'm, I had to constantly battle this with my own children. It's like they were 17 and wanted the, the, the best job yes. known to mankind. What's the crappiest job you ever had? Oh, it was the, I worked in the dish pit. Oh, I forgot about that. I did too. I worked in a dish pit at this restaurant. I was 14 years old. But your skin was beautiful from all the steam. (laughs) (laughs) I remember um, I didn't know about child labor laws. I would go to work (laughs) at at four in the afternoon. I wouldn't get done sometimes till midnight, one in the morning. No break, Mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not ashamed to say this because if there was ever a plate that came back and there was a piece of food that was not touched, I would sometimes eat it. Oh, I've done that. Because you're like I'm, I'm, I'm shrimp working. was my favorite because we couldn't afford shrimp, and you could see they, you, if they had no bites out of it, it was right. Okay. So to me, I'm like I'm working eight hours, they, and and so I'm working like my butt off, you know. Just you know, sometimes I worked in this restaurant. They had a banquet hall, mm-hmm. they had a buffet, and then they had a regular restaurant. It was this massive restaurant, and sometimes I'd be the only dish guy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm literally just washing dishes for eight hours straight, and then I'll have to wash the pans. And so no break, nothing. So when food would come by in that plate that wasn't touched, I'm taking a bite of it. You know what I mean? And I kept a box, a cracker box. It had it had a plastic bag on the inside of it, <laughs> and and it would hold like 10 to 15 pounds. And I worked at a steakhouse. So oh, I would take nice. all the leftover steak. I didn't eat it. Okay. I would th- throw it in this box, and I had an Irish setter oh, they... that would be standing at the end of the driveway quick. <laughs> Quivering when I'd come home from work, and he would eat literally ten pounds of grade A meat. He was the most beautiful dog you've ever seen. You could you could see a reflection in his but, coat. But, but having that job, the next job I had was like, all right, it's two hours. You get a fifteen minute break. I'm like, what's all this break stuff you're yeah. giving me right now? I had no idea. And I would come home. You and- had a series of crappy jobs until I hired you, though, because Th- you used true. to sell shoes too. I, I sold shoes. I did. That was a disgusting. But I remember job. telling my dad, Dad, this is the way the job is. And he's like, good. <laughs> I mean, he didn't. I can hear you. There was no that. sympathy. It was like you need you need to work hard. You need to work, work your butt off, and you need to have a really crappy job. So that number and one, you should have to walk to the job too. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, don't look for you know. Don't go on. I don't want. I don't want this issue. I don't want this issue. Or when you have a bad boss, is like I'm going to fight for you. Like let them have a bad boss. Let them have a bad job. Let them experience that so that they learn how to control their attitudes. Learn how to control their work ethic. That it's not God's refining their character. And when you hijack that as a parent, they're gonna. They're eventually going to have to learn that character lesson. Yes. They can either learn it in your home or they can learn it outside your home, which is 10 times harder. Or you're going to have a 30-year-old living in your house and expecting you to do their With laundry, no character. Which, which, is, which is just appalling. Yes. Yeah. So- This is a huge one. I don't know if there's an even more important one than this one. And we probably ought to do a whole episode on- Episode? Episode- on helping our kids develop a good work ethic. Yeah, if you help yeah. your kid develop a good work ethic, you have given them a gift. One of the greatest gifts of life. Them. It'll 100%. serve them well in their relationships, in their family, yep. in their finances. 100%. Yeah. Ooh, that was a good put that, one. Put that down, Britt. Yeah, I'm going to star <laughs> by this one. All right. 
Here, here's another one. This one sounds really, really weird, but fight the boredom fight. Okay. So the boredom fight is this. When you're I'm, ki- I'm bored. Uh, there's nothing to do around And they here. all say in the same tone, don't yeah, they? Yeah. I'm well, bored. Yeah. So <laughs> do not appease their boredom. Mm. Do not hand them. Is that, when's the food coming? I'm bored. Oh, well, here, look at my phone. I'll put on a YouTube video. You know why you're doing that? So that the kid's not bugging you. Mm-hmm. Or you could actually have a conversation with them. Or you could actually teach the kid to wait until the food arrives without whining. <laughs> but whenever, every time our kid says This is going to be the curmudgeon episode. Am I getting into it? <laughs> no, no, no. You can say, I'm getting fully animated. <laughs> but but the reality is, you know, we don't have to have every minute scheduled 100%. and occupied. Uh, kids need unscheduled unscheduled time. I loved when I was growing up to to drive the tractor in the hay field or to plow or do something because it was so or ride a lot riding. My dad never bought a riding lawnmower, but but use a lawnmower and you're going the same pattern over. You didn't even think about it. But I thought and I thought yes. and I dreamed and I planned. I had conversations and I argued. And that is that is such a vital part of human development. I mean, scientifically, psychologically, your brain needs downtime. Your brain needs time to imagine your mm-hmm. brain needs time like boredom is built into the human experience and if you don't experience boredom your brain isn't actually developing the way it should yeah and i think i mean and, and there's there's another aspect i believe to it that if you give in and fill up your mind all the time with external stimuli in order to keep you occupied yeah. and interested yeah. you're going to become an activity addict yeah, you'll be addicted to dopamine, and yeah. dopamine addiction leads to all kinds of other addictions. Yeah, it's a gateway drug. Yes, yeah, so you have to learn to teach your kids. Hey, okay, you're bored. You can do. Uh, right, you can do two read, things. Read a dang book. Yeah, you you can do this. You know, here's your two options. What do you, that's my wife was so good at that. When kids said, "I'm this" or "I'm that," she's like, "All right, you can do this or this. I don't want to." Well, that's your choice. But don't you know? Mm-hmm. You don't have to be the cruise boat director for your family. Yeah. Okay. Oh, great, great. So don't don't try to map out everything. There there are times when scheduling is important, but boredom is a is an important part of a kid's life to learn how to think and imagine and dream and create. And so yes, love that. All right. Here's another one: the war for reading. Okay. Our kids are not reading anymore. Right. Because they're watching videos. Right. But reading is tied to everything from cognitive development to our ability to focus. To the ability to communicate. To the ability to communicate. I can always tell when I'm reading papers when I'm grading whether a kid was a a reader or not. Their Mm. vocabulary uh, is different between night and day. It teaches – I mean it also teaches you uh, how to punctuate and use good grammar because – then you recognize bad grammar when you put it out 100%. there because you've seen it. You've seen good grammar yes. so often. Yes, you know counterfeit because you know what the original looks mm. like. Um, I, you know, I did my doctoral dissertation on this, mm. um, and and part of it was it doesn't have to be brilliant reading. They don't have to be reading a classic or a nonfiction historical, you know, treatise. Um, they can read the back of cereal boxes and it'll improve their test scores. Wow. I proved that with my research. Wow. So uh, the, the here's the, the the cool side to it is that if you teach your kids to read and you assist them in reading good quality stuff, you'll change the trajectory of their life. Charlie Tremendous Jones used to say, you'll be the same today as you are in 10 years, except for the people you meet in the books you read. Mm. And I've always found that to be such a profound statement. Every great leader I know is also a great reader. Mm. And, and some of the most erratic leaders I've ever seen, Donald Trump, admit to not reading. Mm. 
And so uh, it's not a compliment to say, I don't read. I don't read, read. yeah. Um, and, and I would simply say this. You know, if your kid wants a car, if your kid wants to go to summer camp, if your kid wants this and, and you're going to help supply that, and, I, you know, first car, I don't have a huge I don't. I wouldn't give my kid a brand new mm-hmm. car if I give him a junker. Mm. Um, but, but have them earn that and have them earn it by reading. Every summer, Dan, I'm so glad you brought that up. Every summer my parents would give us, you know, they want us to keep the brain moving. Mm-hmm. And they would give us a list of $5 books and $10 books. Amazing. And then there's every once in a while, my dad would read a book that he absolutely loved, and he would say, this is a $100 book. Wow. And so, you know, it was like, you know, we would, we would, that would be an issue for us. We were like, yeah. we could see how much money we could make. You know, yeah. my brother, sometimes it was $60, and, you know, this is back in the, you know, mid 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but $60 back in the mid 80s was, that was good money, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, incentivize. You know your kids with with reading with money. I mean, you might be thinking, "Well, I just want them to love reading." Well, listen, mm-hmm. they're not going to love reading at first, mm-hmm. but if you incentivize it with the right thing, they will eventually love it's reading. It's like every other skill; you have to get good at it before it becomes easy for you. A hundred percent. And so, all right, an- another one I I w- want to hit is the battle against unhealthy habits, mm. because unhealthy habits eventually lead to addictions. A hundred percent. So uh, again, if if you see your kid developing an unhealthy habit, it's time for an intervention. Don't feed it and don't permit it. And and I think there's some things that we need to be aware of that, that perhaps previous generations didn't. One of them would be how much time they're spending on the internet. Yes. How soon they have access to a smartphone. Yes. Um, how much time they're spending gaming. Or YouTube. Or YouTube. You, especially younger kids, YouTube is a very dangerous thing because it's one video after another, after another, after another, and it just is a, it's just something you can get really get sucked into. Uh, here, here's another one that it's going to shock some people, and you know, and for all of you who think that your kid's the next Peyton Manning, you're just going to have to, you know, <laughs> deal with the reality. I, I had a child who literally could shoot free throws. For three or four hours at a time, hmm. and I thought it was cool hmm. because he was a great shot. Hmm. But the problem was, I believe that that was an early tendency toward repetitive e- thinking on something that he enjoyed doing, that led to other struggles that could happen mm. of an addictive nature. Right, right. Some of us give demonstrations of being addictive, and it. <laughs> My parents were aware of that with me with reading, by the way. Mm. I got punished when I was a kid by having my books taken away. Wow. Because I would read to the exclusion of everything else, and I had to be monitored. So the problem with my kids, uh, the, the battle, the war of reading at my house was <laughs> Dan's reading too much. But what you're saying is nothing should dominate us. Nothing should dominate. Nothing should be taken uh, beyond the habit of reasonable. Yes. Of reason. The life is about balance and moderation. Yes. We used to talk about the virtue of moderation. Yeah. And somehow we think it's cool now to be so totally, fa- uh, you know, slavishly devoted to one thing. And I do think we can be excellent. And, you know, practice makes perfect. And a good pianist rehearses eight hours a day because that's their job. But the, what you're talking about is when, when a child finds their joy and their hope in the, this some activity, and you, the moment you take it away, they melt. That's not a that's not a sign of health. That is a healthy a, attachment. That is a blaring warning yeah. sign. Glad yeah. you brought that one that's up. Good. All okay, right. I'm gonna do one more. One more. And, and then, um, and I didn't get them all. Surprise, surprise. The battle of family contact. By family okay. contact, I mean this proximity. Hmm. Um, that it goes back to the meal one. Mm-hmm. Be sitting at the table. Well, they won't talk. Okay, then just sit there. 
but then you're going to listen. Or you may not even going to listen. You're just going to be in my presence. Yeah. Don't do your homework in the basement. Or basement. In the in my bedroom is in the basement. <laughs> don't don't do your homework in the bedroom. Do it at the dinner table. Or I'm sorry, at the yeah, at your dining table yeah. while while you're working in the kitchen on something yeah. else. Yeah. Um uh, when you go to Walmart, take a kid with you. Mm-hmm. Uh when you when um show up to their ball games and drive them back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's being in their space and their right. proximity right. is really, really key. You won't have a brilliant, scintillating, you know, life-changing conversation every time, but you will have a series of small engagements and interactions. They're good. You say, well, every time we're together, we fight. Then fix that. Yeah, figure it, it out. But it's it's when you have those little penny moments, penny, 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 penny. Eventually, you'll have the opportunity to have those ten dollar moments. So don't don't think like I've got to hit a home run. Just if it's a penny moment, it's a penny moment. Eventually, it will open the door for an even bigger conversation. Yeah, and we need to quit buying into this um, socialization crap that's being fed to us by psychologists and so forth. My kid needs more socialization with his peer group. No, your kid needs less socialization with their peer group because their peer group's idiots. And what I would say is the right I mean, kind of socialization. Yeah, and sometimes that socialization involves other adults. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who's an expert in a field in which they have an interest. Yeah. So I'm not against socialization, isolate your kid and put them in a closet, but have a strategy for it other than hanging around with the cool kids. Yeah, all that's right? good. All right, well, listen, these are all important things. Man, I just, we, we should have just had more episodes, Dan. Maybe we'll get well, to, maybe we'll, get we'll to do that. a part two eventually down the road. But aren't you glad that we don't approach this with the idea that, oh my goodness, we're never going to fill our 21 minutes this week, right? (laughs) We've always always had something. We always have something to talk about. Um, Listen, we we understand the battles are hard as parents, but don't be passive. Don't allow life just to drift by. We understand it's hard, but you have a great opportunity to, to impact uh, and to influence the way God wants you to. And sometimes that requires you to have to fight. And so don't back down from that. We hope this has been encouraging to you, your spouse, your family. Thanks again for joining us on Life Talks, and we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. The Ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.